Welcome to the Talk of Fame Network. I got a good deal on those boys. The scout said they showed a lot of promise. With your Hall of Fame voters. Don't act like you're not impressed. Ron Borges. You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Rick Gosselin. I don't know what we're yelling about! And Clark Judge. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? On SB Nation Radio. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed. Yeah, we're back. I really like that song, Gooseman. I mean, John Sebastian I could live with, but that song, uh, no thanks. I like Sebastian. I like the song. It's on my iPod. You know, I'm guessing I've got a lot of music on my iPod that you may not be particularly fond of. I'm guessing you're probably correct there. Hey, uh, Ron, you remember that show. I mean, um, sure. that, was a, that was a long time ago. I think it was the late 70s or, so, uh, or, or something like that. Anyway, it was so long ago that uh, John Travolta, I think he was called Vinny Barbarino, um, like you, Ron, it was so long ago he was considered a sex symbol then. Yes, a right. sex symbol. <laughs> so long ago he didn't, he didn't even have Saturday Night Fever yet, and neither did we. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking for it. Um, in case you didn't notice, uh, yeah, we are back from our summer vacation. Uh, Gooseman, you want to tell us what you've been up to the past three weeks? Well, I spent some time in Chicago. I spent some time indoors at the Dallas Stars Developmental Camp. By and large, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out ways to get out of this 100-degree temperatures these days in Dallas. Yeah, it's in the 60s here in Connecticut, Gooseman. Nice. Uh, Ron, how about you? Well, I got the answer for Goose's problem, Gooseman. Just go to hockey rinks, which is where I've been <laughs> splitting nearly all of my time. I should buy a pair of skates. So hey, I go Goose, to hockey uh, rinks. I go to the LBJ Museum, Clark, down there in nice. Austin, where oh, it was yeah, 108. Yeah, sure. And I yeah, immediately nice. went to a hockey rink right after that because it was pretty hot down there. Yeah. Uh, Great Goose, place. Uh, you should go to that place. Great place. I will. In fact, I was going to ask you, Goose, and not about hockey rinks. You notice that uh, someone else is coming off vacation? Uh, that would be O.J. Simpson after nine years in jail. <laughs> well, O.J. will be happy to know that we haven't forgotten him since he's been away. Anyone notice he finished sixth on our list of the ten greatest running backs of all time? I noticed. Uh, we're going to talk more about O.J. Simpson a little later, but uh, let's get to today's lineup, guys. We have Atlanta's Dan Quinn. And Matt Ryan to talk about what happened, or Ron didn't happen in Super Bowl 51, and how they plan to overcome that this season, as well as interim GM Marty Herney in Carolina back after another front office shakeup there. We're going to get to all that today, but first, first we're going to take a break. Yeah, three weeks off and we need one. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, Tom Bodet. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodet, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more information and details, just go to geico.com. And you know something? 
should have gone 15 minutes ago. Hey, in our haste to get through that first segment, we forgot to mention that this is our fourth year on the year. Yep, our fourth year. We're rounding the bases, heading for home. Uh, we started in the summer of 2014 with Roger Goodell and Robert Kraft as our first guests. And Ron, you remember that. It was, yes. it was so long ago. They were actually speaking to each other. <laughs> yeah, they loved each other. They loved uh, each other. Yeah, there was a love fest. Now they just love us. And who wouldn't? <laughs> uh, look, I don't think any of us, Clark, envisioned that this show would be where it is today uh, after the three of us drew it up on a cocktail napkin, uh, fittingly in Canton, Ohio. In, in Canton, that's right. And Goose, you remember last year? We found that bar in Canton where we drew it up. And they bronzed the table we were sitting at. <laughs> There's a plaque. It's going into the hall. There's a plaque like the one downtown. Um, hey, hey, Goose, you, you, look at the, you look at the guest list we've had since then. Um, you know, I, I know what the number is. It's close to 200, I think, some, something like that. But we've had guys like Montana, Namath, Gronk, Marvin Harris. I'm just off the top of my head. Dan Rooney, Don Shula, Ray Lewis, Joe Schmidt, on and on, Brett Favre, Marcus Allen. And we've also had women like Amy Trask, Andrea Kramer, Jen Walter, who was coaching with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. But you know what, um, Goose, I, I think my favorite show – was the one when we had former Colts quarterback Burt Jones on with his dad, Dub, who was also a great player. He played for the Cleveland Browns and is 92 years old now. You remember that one? That was an instant classic, as was our Brett Favre show. I think we spent more than a half an hour with him. Don Shula, I think we spent a half an hour with him. And we got Morton Anderson to sing the Michigan State fight song. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) priceless. How does that Michigan State fight song go again? Oh, the band's not around. Boy, they're on summer vacation, too. There have been those unforgettable moments, Goose, but I also think of, like, Charles Haley. Remember when he called Tom Brady a cheater? Or um, even more recently, when, when Marvin Harrison went off on Terrell Owens. Uh, Derek, you have that clip? If you've got it, play it. Could you please? Marvin, um, entering your third year of eligibility for Canton, you were joined in the finals, as you know, for that class, by another elite receiver, and that's Terrell Owens, uh, former 49er, Eagle, uh, you name it, Dallas Cowboy. Question, how concerned were you that the two of you could split the vote, much like Brown and Andy Reid and Chris Carter had in past years, but could split the vote and keep each other out? Uh, I wasn't concerned at all. Uh, I'm not concerned about, you know, T.O. at not one bit. You know, I, you know, I was concerned about myself. So I wasn't worried about splitting the vote, vote with anyone. Uh, and that was it. You know, the person that was supposed to get in got in, and that was me. If he didn't get in, that's his problem. He's been doing. That's on him. But I'm in. My jacket is gold. I'm looking in the rearview mirror for nobody, so he can get his ass in whenever he gets in. He gets in. He doesn't get in. Too bad. Hey, hey, Marvin, a follow-up question on that. Now that you're in, you're a member of the hall. Nobody can take that away from you. Should Terrell Owens be in the hall? I'm not worried about nobody in my rearview mirror. I'm only worried about the gold jacket. And I have a gold jacket. I'm not worried about gold jackets behind me. Okay, if it's up to me, Isaac Bruce, Reggie Wayne. Uh, I can go and listen. Uh, Moss, Randy Moss can all get in. They all get a lot of class with them. If they didn't get in the same time I got in, they'd have had a better approach about it as opposed to this guy. And I'm not worried about nobody else but me. My jacket is gold. I don't look in the rearview mirror. Marvin, <laughs> line forms his back, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes, gentlemen, we have become must listen radio. You know, our interview with Paul Tagalub for the last Super Bowl was impactful. First time he considered he mishandled the concussion issue. We've certainly had our moments on this show. I mean, think about that. That was silent Marvin Harrison. Yeah, that's right. right. (laughs) Until he got to us. Until he got to us. Uh, You know, how about the guys? How about uh, Aaron Rodgers explaining the vagaries of launching the Hail Mary and Drew Pearson and Roger Staubach discussing how they discovered and created the Hail Mary? I mean, that was to be great fun, great history, great football. 
which is what the show's about. Well, you know, it, it's funny, Goose. I, I think what I like most about this program and, and our website, of course, which is talkoffamenetwork.com, is that it, it sheds light on a process that few understand. I mean, you hear so many people call for someone to be in the hall after retires. This guy should be in the hall. That guy should be in the hall. Yet they, they don't really get how difficult it is to get in. And, Goose, I, I know you keep track of things like this, but, for instance, how many all-decade players are simply waiting to get in Canton? Well, there are 79 all-decade position players through the year 2000, not in the hall, and 69 of them have never been discussed as finalists. And if you count the all-decade position players since 2000 that are eligible but not in, the number's close to 100 all-decade players on the wow. outside looking in right now. Well, and, and many of them, in fact, I think maybe most of them, are, are senior candidates and, and guys who've been out of the game 25 years or more. And, and getting in them in into Canton falls on the senior committee, and, and you guys are two of the nine members of that subcommittee, and, and that's great, except you get no more than two candidates every other year. And, Ron, to me, that's a thankless task. Well, you know, it can be frustrating, Clark, no doubt about that, and there's some sadness involved, I think, for, for those of us a lot of times because we know there are more deserving players on that list than are ever going to get out. As you guys know, uh, we've talked about him before. I'm a big believer in, in Duke Slater, who was a great African-American player in the 1930s, who long ago deserved to get in. It was a finalist the first tw uh, twice, I think it was the first couple of years of the Hall, but didn't get in, then suddenly disappeared and has never been back. I'm still pushing him, and I hope it uh, happens. But, but it seems to me the history and the historic figures that made that history seem these days to be considered Almost history when it comes to voting for him is even yeah. a senior candidate. You know, the queue right. to me is important in the hall in particular to avoid these problems and really important in the senior committee where if you get ahead of yourself, you're dismissing a large number of worthy candidates. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Drew Pearson earlier. There's another guy, you know, sure. first first uh, team all deck in the 70s. He can't get in. He wonders, what the heck's gone wrong? And people have forgotten him. That's what's gone wrong. Um, yeah. Hopefully something's going to change there. And, and Goose, I know you've proposed an amnesty for the 100th anniversary, which is coming up uh, in the coming years here shortly. But what are the chances that something like that could happen? Well, I think there's a chance, and I know it's been discussed in Canton. You know, the NFL and the Hall really need to do something special for the 100th anniversary of pro football. And what better than to right a couple dozen wrongs? Right. You know, I can take off 20 players not enshrined right now who belong in Canton. And no one in the, in the football world would blink an eye. You know, the yeah, senior right. poll really needs to be addressed in a forceful manner. Okay, well, um, hopefully it'll happen, and, and I guess we're going to have to move on here. But uh, I, I think the process has got to work better than it does right now. Uh, but enough about the process and ourselves. Um, we have training camps starting across the country now. And um, tell me, guys, uh, Goose, you're going to see the Cowboys. Ron, you're going to see the uh, Patriots. What's the first question you have going into this season? I mean, is it Adrian Peterson in New Orleans, uh, Tom Brady at 40, Levin Bell, Kirk Cousins, whatever, the res resurrection of the Raiders, that's probably yours, Ron. I won't ask about that. But anyway, <laughs> what is it, Goose, going into the season? What's the foremost topic on your mind? Well, for me, I'm like Ron. It's the Raiders. You know, with, with a healthy Derek Carr, is this team for real? Is, are, are they a worthy challenger in the AFC for the Patriots? Oh, oh i got to go lie down <laughs> listen to that music. <laughs> Derek. Al Tchaikovsky Davis. <laughs> Play the Michigan State marching band. I prefer that. To Ron goes priapic when that goes on. <laughs> there we go. Oh, no, please. There we go. Goose at the front of the band. Goose is marking right outside the front door of his right now. Look at him. There he goes. Connor High stepping it. That's Connor Cook at the front of the band. Uh, Ron, what's, what's on your mind going into the season? 
Well, you know, for me, you know, primarily because I'm, of where I'm located, you know, Brady is at 40 is a fascinating story. Because, frankly, to me, if you look critically at both the Super Bowl and the Patriots playoff win over Houston, he did not look or play well for the majority of either of those games and at times looked pretty rattled, uh, frankly. And, you know, if you th- it's funny the way history gets written. If the di- that diving circus catch by Julian Edelman is intercepted, as it easily could have been, thrown in a double coverage and perhaps should have been, uh, instead of the coronation of Tom Brady, we'd be talking about has he lost it. And that's how thin the line is, especially when you're a 40-year-old quarterback. Uh, so where does he stand and where do the sort of reloaded Patriots stand? Uh, title game locks or maybe nots? Uh, I think that's the big question around here for sure. Unbelievable, Ron. If he hadn't done this, if that hadn't ha- come on, it happened. Edelman well, made the true. catch. I mean, Brady yeah, made I, the I, comeback. I, come look, on. I, I understand you're a butt boy for the guy. No, that's fine. <laughs> you know, but at some point you got to step back and actually look at the game and see I did. Uh, how I, I the did. game was, was played. Great comeback. It was a great comeback. It goes quickly here. I know we have Dan Quinn, Matt Ryan, the Falcons coming on later. What happens to them in the wake of the Super Bowl collapse and, and really in the exit of their offense coordinator, Kyle Shanahan? Yeah, I think there's a Super Bowl slumber. You blow a 28-3 third-quarter lead as they did against the Patriots. That's just hard to let go. Yeah, uh, well, hopefully they can let it go. Hey, guys, we're going to stop right there. Uh, coming up, some high, hard ones for today's town hall debate. And guess what? You guys are debating. Yes, sir. Get ready. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Robert. Some of you know me as Dr. Doom Brazil. And we're on the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, Tom Bodet. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Hey, Ron Borges. Yes, sir. You know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you and I should have been at our computers and phones 15 minutes ago. Absolutely. Listen to Ron. He's absolutely right about this. I mean, you probably should have gone to Geico.com, and you should have gone 15 minutes ago. Uh, sometimes on the show, in fact, you know, a lot of times we talk about the way things used to be. Like, uh, remember when it was okay to actually play defense or remember when the FC East, Ron, was a competitive division? I don't either. Um, well, we did something last year in an election year, presidential election year. It was so popular we wanted to put in the Wayback Machine and try it again. So we have. That was our town hall debates, or as we called them in an election year, our residential debates. And it was featuring, of course, Ron and Mr. Goslin, Dr. Data. Essentially, I threw topics at him. Uh, they argued, and, and Derek Burns, our producer, yeah, he would silence them with a buzzer. In fact, this buzzer, if they couldn't tell the time. And sometimes that happened. Program ran something like this. Uh, each respondent had a minute to answer a question. His opponent had 45 seconds to reply, and the original respondent then had another 15 seconds to close. Pretty easy. It worked so well. We're going to try it again. And, and Goose and, and Ron, they're going to yeah, they're going to give the people what they want, which is information through a declaration. So, gentlemen, if you're ready, and Derek, if you have a timer and it's plugged in, I want to get started. Any questions? Anyone? Questions? Nope. All answers. Good. Good. Okay, Goose, you're first up. And you have a minute to answer, as I said. 
The Pro Football Hall of Fame has said O.J. Simpson is welcome at Hall of Fame functions. Should he be? As long as his bust is on display in Canton, he should be. Remove his bust and you remove that privilege. But I haven't seen any work crews in the bust room lately dismantling any shelves. So whether we like the decision or even believe in the decision, Simpson was found not guilty by a jury of his peers. And the American way is innocent until proven guilty. So if the Hall doesn't want Simpson around, remove his bust. Erase him from the pages of history. Make him unwelcome. I think then he'd get the message. Ron Borges. Wow. That would be like a that would be like a Russian history book. They just erase people. You know? it's, <laughs> look, it's not the All Saints Hall of Fame. It's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And O.J. certainly ran his way into Canton. You know? Might his presence make some guys uncomfortable if he shows up? I bet, but I bet it would be a lot less than you think because uh, they aren't all Eagle Scouts in there, and, and, and everyone knows it. And whether everyone agrees or they don't agree, as Goose points out quite uh, correctly, he was acquitted of murder, and he only went to jail for trying to steal back his own memorabilia. You know, even the court admitted that. I don't know how you can rob yourself, but Juice managed to do it. Uh, and unfortunately, ah! Goose, 15 <laughs> yeah. seconds to close. Yeah, I, I think we're in agreement. Unless uh, if the hall doesn't want to run, take his bust out. Okay, Ronnie, you're next in the dentist chair. You're the GM of a team looking for a backup quarterback. Why not take a serious, I mean serious look at Colin Kaepernick? Well, I think because he's not an accurate thrower at a time in pro football when the first order of business is being an accurate uh, thrower into fairly open spaces. Uh, and it's not that he throws too many picks because he actually doesn't, in fairness, he doesn't. Uh, but what he doesn't do is put the ball in places where receivers can catch it easily and run with it or catch it easily and avoid a knockout shot, the few that are still allowed. And that's uh, really important. And secondly, I think his playing style, which is mostly on the run, doesn't fit in a lot of places, which means you have to basically have two offenses if he's your backup guy. So uh, Seattle, your favorite spot, uh, Clarky. Uh, would really have been the right place for him. And as it turned out, uh, he showed up. They saw the Oscar Gamble uh, uh, locks and said, I don't think we need a center fielder. And that was it. Goose man, 45 seconds to rebut. Yeah, I would sign Kaepernick in a New York minute, but not as my backup, as my number three. He'd be my emergency guy because his style, style like Ron said, wouldn't fit the offense I want to run. But historically, teams down to their third quarterback win just 29% of the time. This is a guy who took a team to a Super Bowl. It would increase my odds if I'm down to my third quarterback and he's taking the snaps. I would say there's no chance of he being a third-string quarterback because, you know, <laughs> you got to pay him like a third-string quarterback, and he wants to be paid like a starter. So, you know, I, I just think it's it's a sad commentary all the way around if, if, in fact, the reason he doesn't have a job is all these other extraneous issues that have nothing to do with playing football, you know, whether he kneels down or not, whether his hair pops out of his sides of his helmet or not. Uh, the issue should be a football one. I think you can make that football case against I'll, t- I'll tell you what's a sad commentary. I cut the goose man off. Sorry, goose. And you get Ron you two hours to respond. <laughs> exactly, as <laughs> it should right. be. Okay, goose, you get the next question. Offensive lineman Tarek Glenn alleged that the Colts cheated. Yes, cheated when Peyton Manning was the quarterback by using illegal hearing aids. If you're Roger Goodell, what do you do? Well, if those hearing aids indeed help the Colts steal a game or two, then the crime would be either theft or burglary. The statute of limitations for such a crime, at least in Texas, is five years. Then maintains the crime was perpetrated in the late 1990s, so late for any disciplinary action by the league. And I'm sure at this point, Manning has probably already destroyed the hearing aids, like Brady destroyed his cell phone. <laughs> Ron, you're next. You got 45 seconds to rebut him. Yeah, well, if you're Goodell, you go, hello? Hello? Can't hear you. 
<laughs> Look, maybe they did it. Maybe they didn't do it. They probably did do it. I always wondered how he could come up there and call 15 different forms of a play and uh, at the line of scrimmage with everybody screaming and yelling. Nobody ever missed a beat. So yeah. uh, it was a little bit odd. But part of their problem is, let's say he did it and they prove it. So what? What are they going to do? Suspend uh, uh, Andrew Lifetime Luck? Ban. Lifetime <laughs> ban. From what? <laughs> Lifetime ban from going to the stadium? Mm. You know? <laughs> Don't Goose let him play again. Seconds to close. <laughs> Lifetime ban. Never let him play again. That solves <laughs> it. Uh, okay, Ron. You're next up. You're the yes. GM in Washington. My condolences. Wow. What do you do with Kirk Cousins? What do you do, Ron? Well, first thing is I don't franchise him next year for $34 million. That's for sure. Uh, I would like to think I would have already given him a, a market deal uh, that he would have taken instead of what they did, which was twice try to lowball him. Uh, and, and once tried to, uh, in their second offer, include the franchise tag that he already had in his pocket as part of his guaranteed money. I mean, you, you can't do that. I mean, I, if it were me, what I would do is call him in and say, listen, the last nitwit who, who made you all those phony offers is not me. Let's see. Can we make a deal or can we, or can we not? If we can't, then I'm going to start looking for somebody else uh, a year from now. If we can, let's do it today. Ron, the guy came within 83 yards to become only the sixth quarterback in NFL history to pass for 5,000 yards in a single season in 2016. Aaron Rodgers has never done it. Neither has Ben Roethlisberger, John Elway, Joe Montana, Steve Young. The Redskins asked Cousins to go out and prove himself last season, and he did. Now pay the man. Wow. Okay, Ron. Smart. you got 15 seconds to close. Smart. Whoa. Well, it's very hard to argue. That's like my motto. Pay the man. Man got to get paid for what he do. Goose, Goose is painting the corners said. today. He's in <laughs> yeah, the black. Is, exactly. What are you going to do? I think he's right. You know, but at this point, what can you do? You know, the, the guy's made it his, his own sort of decision. Now, I, I think if you're the Redskins and you're smart, and I'm the GM and I am smart, you know. <laughs> and I just got Go ahead, finish. And look Go for ahead, a new finish. quarterback. That's what you got to do now. Well, here's what I want to know, Goose Man. If Kirk Cousins went to the University of Michigan, not Michigan State, would you be so outspoken in his defense? Tom Brady would be a forgotten man. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, well, I appreciate that, guys. You know what? I like doing it. I hope we do this more often. That was fun. Gentlemen, thank you. Wow. That's the signal for Dr. Data also known as Kirk Cousins' PR director, <laughs> Rick Goslin. And Dr. Data is brought to you by Motel 6. Book online at thenewmotel6.com. And you know what? Goose will leave the light on for you and for Kirk Cousins. Tom Bodette, former Spartan. Uh, the NFL will open its preseason schedule with the Hall of Fame game the opening weekend of August between old NFC East rivals the Dallas Cowboys and Arizona Cardinals. The NFL Network has announced plans to televise all 65 of those preseason games in August in HD. It's not exactly must-see TV. These aren't football games. They are mere paydays for NFL owners. Each team has two home dates this preseason, and they are attached to the season ticket packages. So you're required to buy the games, and you are paying the same price to see the Patriots play without Tom Brady in August, as you do with him with championships on the line in December. These games don't count the standings, and teams treat them as such. They are mere exhibitions that do little to prepare a team for the coming season. With the advent of the salary cap, coaches now live in fear of losing players in meaningless games in August, so they don't play them. Larry Fitzgerald led the NFL with 107 catches last season, this after catching just one pass in four preseason games last summer. Ezekiel Elliott 
led the NFL with 322 carries last season on his way to a rushing crown. This after carrying the ball only seven times in seven pre and four preseason games last summer. And Matt Ryan turned in an MVP season in 2016 when he threw 535 passes for almost 5,000 yards and 37 touchdowns. This after he threw only 37 passes with no touchdowns in the four-game preseason. And he was one of the busier franchise quarterbacks last summer. Tom Brady threw only 35 passes last August. Drew Brees, 27, which is normally a quarter for him. Eli Manning, 24, and Ben Roethlisberger, 17. Now, maybe the NFL Network is excited about all these August games and plans to broadcast in high def. Not me. I'll wait until September to watch my football. Well, Gooseman, we all know that these exhibition games are unwatchable, even in 3D, <laughs> let alone HD. So, does televising them nationally do more harm than good to the product? Uh, these preseason games have become three-hour infomercials. Jimmy Garoppolo may be on the field and on your TV screen taking all the snaps, but in the booth, the announcers are all talking about Tom Brady. All they're doing is promoting what's coming up in the fall. They don't really want you watching what's going on on your screen. They want your attention, but don't pay attention. Goose, what do you think the future of preseason football is? Um, they've talked about cutting it to two games, maybe three. You think that's feasible? I mean, you think they'd cut that at the expense of the regular season, or do you think they'd cut it just period? I think the owners love to go for two and 18 and two, but the, the union will fight that because of the, the concussion issue and the violence uh, in the sport. But I do think eventually it'll probably go in 18 to two. They're not going to give up the 10 home dates a team. Okay, well, thanks, guys. That's it from Town Hall. Up next, Atlanta quarterback Matt Ryan. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Hi, this is Greg Olson, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. When I grow up, I want to make a pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price, $6. It's going to be the best pizza ever. Sorry, kid. It's been done. Introducing the new Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pizza, a large pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. My mom says. This much cheese and pepperoni is what dreams are made of. Come get a large, hot and ready, extra most bestest pizza for just six bucks, only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. Your mind is a blank slate as you enter total relaxation. Safe driver, paperless, multi-car. They are wrapping their savings around you. Like the tinfoil that wraps around your hot dog at a ball game which for some reason cost $12.50. Switch to Progressive and surround yourself with savings. Visit Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hey, it's Jim. I can't take your call right now. I'm digging for oil in my basement to help pay for my family's mobile bill. A little crazy, you say? <laughs> you try getting a data plan that has enough gigs for my family. And I thought braces were expensive. We definitely need a switch. Stuck in a dysfunctional family plan? Switch to Boost Best Family Plan right now and get four lines for just $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, switch today and get up to four free phones, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. 
Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 9-10-17. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited data, talk, and text. Video streams optimized at up to 480p plus resolution. Music up to 500 kilobits per second and cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2 gigabyte promo plan as of 425-17. For additional details, visit their website. Free phones while supplies last. Requires port in and activation on $100 plan. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. Think you can't manage the down payment it takes to purchase a new home? Think again. You could move into a $150,000 home with as little as $1,500 down with our 1% down payment option. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.19%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to quickenloans.com. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. In the developing world, more than 400 children are born every day with a cleft lip and or palate. In many developing countries, children with untreated clefts live in isolation. They struggle to eat, speak, and breathe. Many are mocked and teased without mercy. Some are even abandoned. Today, we're inviting listeners to join Smile Train. Smile Train empowers local doctors to do a simple corrective surgery for as little as $250, and it's 100% free for the child's family. To learn more, please visit smiletrain.org. That's smiletrain.org. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Well, our first guest is the reigning NFL MVP and a Super Bowl participant for the first time in his career. I'm talking, of course, of Atlanta's Matt Ryan, who came this close to capping a year of perfection at Super Bowl 51. Matt, of course, is the face of the Falcons, starting 142 of 144 games since the team made him a first-round pick in 2008. And he not only hasn't missed a start the last seven seasons, but he's passed for over 4,000 yards in each of the past six seasons. Matt... Thanks for not passing on us, and welcome to this show. You got it. I got to knock on wood after that intro. Got to keep going. Well, uh, I hate to be the uh, sort of bearer of uh, bad memories here, but let's get to last year's Super Bowl right off the bat here. Um, Some guys would never watch that tape again. I know that. I've talked to them. You not only watched it the next day, as you normally would, but three times in a few days, I think. Is that right? I, I saw you said somewhere that you had to deal with it appropriately and then move on. What does that move mean uh, mean to you, and, and, and have you moved on? Yeah, I've definitely moved on. You know, I think that, um, you know, for me, it was one of those things. I wanted to watch it, uh, you know, just to, to buzz through it, and I wanted to watch it again to try and, you know, make the corrections, um, take a look at what we did well, what we didn't do well, as I would, you know, every week uh, that we play. And, and um, the big thing was, you know, just making sure that, uh, you know, I got it out of my system as fast as I could so that I could focus on, finding a way to get better this off season uh, and finding a way to help our team improve. And, you know, I think if we dwell too much on, on that from last year, it's going to affect what we do moving forward. So, you know, I feel good about where we're at. We've had a really productive off season and guys are, are focused on, on trying to become the best team that this team can be. Um, and, 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 you know, moving forward to training camp in a couple of weeks. Matt, after the game, Few would have blamed you if you just left the field, but instead you waited for the crowd to congratulate Tom Brady. It seemed a lesson in sportsmanship not seen as often today as we would hope. What in your background and upbringing led you to make that gesture? Well, uh, I mean, I, I didn't think too much of it. Um, honestly, I think that, you know, I, I've always been taught, you know, win or lose, um, you, you know, ha- handle yourself the right way. I think that starts with my parents and, and you know, how, how I was taught. 
growing up. And, you know, in my career, I've always, I've always done that after games, you know, regardless of how good we played or how poorly our game was. Uh, I felt like, you know, it's, it's always the deal that you go over and you congratulate the other quarterback. It's kind of an unwritten, an unwritten code. Uh, I felt like it was the right thing to do. I know Tom uh, pretty well and just went to, you know, wish him uh, congratulations. He played a great game. And, uh, you know, after that, I'm not going to lie, I wanted to get home as fast as I could. But, uh, you know, I felt like it was the right thing to do at the time. We're with Atlanta quarterback Matt Ryan on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at Talk of Fame Net. And, Matt, um, one more question uh, on or about that game. We had Ron Rivera on here um, a couple of uh, months ago, and we were talking to him about, you know, Super Bowl hangovers. Is there such a thing? And, and the fact that it's so tough for teams that don't win that game, actually for both teams, but especially teams that don't win that game, to get back there. And we said, do you believe in it? And he said, I, I really do. I, I do believe there's a Super Bowl hangover that's tougher for those teams to try to get back and put things together just simply to get to the playoffs. Do you believe in it? Well, uh, you know, it does me no good to believe in it right now, you know. You know, I, I think every organization, every team's different, and, and each game affects everyone differently. You know, you talk about Super Bowl hangover or anything like that. You look at the NBA championship, and uh, if any team had reason for a hangover last year, it was the Golden State Warriors, and to see how they played this season, I think that serves as really good inspiration for us. We know it's going to be really hard. I mean, there, there's no question about it. It was really hard last year to, to get there. You know, I think part of it is embracing that, embracing that, it's going to be difficult. The grind is, is really, really difficult. But that, that's what's going to make it so great. Uh, and, and that work and embracing that uh, and, and really thriving on, on how hard it is. Uh, but we've got the right people to do it. And, and so, um, you know, I think, I think we'll be okay. I think our, our mindset is right. And uh, we've got the right people in leadership positions to, to guide us in the right direction. Yeah, the first pass you threw in the NFL was a 62-yard touchdown to Michael Jenkins. At the end of that play, were you thinking, this is pretty easy? And what have you learned <laughs> since then about the difficulty of the job of playing quarterback in the NFL? I think that was the only time in my career I thought this was really easy. You know, I was <laughs> one for one, uh, you know, with a touchdown. I think since that point, uh, I've learned that it's really hard to complete one pass. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Uh, but I've learned a lot in, in my career and, uh, you know, feel like I'm at a point where, you know, my experience has really helped me become a better player. And, and you know, both positive and negative. I think the, the good things you learn from, but probably even more so some of the trying times you learn from those as well. So uh, I feel like I'm a lot further along, you know, for sure than, than you know, nine or ten years ago with that pass to Jank. Speaking of receivers, uh, Julio Jones once caught 12 year passes for 300 yards versus the Carolina Panthers. How would you describe throwing to someone with his explosion and size? Well, there's nothing like it. I mean, he is, he's as physically gifted as uh, anybody in this league. Um, he, he works extremely hard day in, day out. He's an incredible teammate, uh, unbelievable competitor. You know, I've been lucky to, to play with him for as long as I have. Uh, we're, we're really, you know, we're lucky and fortunate to have him. But it's special. I mean, throwing to, to guys like that, playing with players like that, uh, it's special. I've had the, the opportunity in my career to play with guys like Julio Jones and Tony Gonzalez and Roddy White, uh, who are real premier players in this league. And, uh, you know, when, when you're around those guys that are great, uh, it, it's fun. It's fun to watch them do their thing. No kidding. It's fun to watch them. And you're, you're right about he is special. And that's what I, I wanted to ask you. Do you have to sort of guard against wanting to throw in his direction every play? Because every time he touches the ball, something amazing happens. Yeah, I mean, there's – 
you got to toe the line because you, you have to give him opportunities even when he's double covered because he ends up making great plays. Uh, but it's about, you know, it's about having a feel for that. I think quarterback, playing quarterback in this league is about having that feel for when to be aggressive, when to choke back and, and check the ball down. And when you have a player like Julio, you tend to be a little bit more aggressive because he's going to bail you out of a lot of, a lot of situations because of his talent. Um, you know, but finding that right mix is, is a challenge. And uh, I think we've gotten ourselves into a pretty good spot where we use him really well. We use him. We give him opportunities. He makes plays. Uh, but we also get all of our guys involved. We're speaking with Atlanta quarterback Matt Ryan on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at at talkoffamenet. And Matt, um, you also, other than the, the wide receivers we're talking about here and the great Julio Jones and, and good running backs, um, you have a new offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, to cover for Kyle Shanahan, who we had on here last month. Um, what differences do you see? I know it's early, but what differences do you see in the offense and, let's say, their approaches to the game? Well, I think they're pretty similar. You know, I think, uh, you know, Sark's kind of how to make a transition coming into us and, and learning our system and adjusting to that. Uh, I think each coach has a little bit different flavor for play calling. Kyle was, was great. We, you know, worked really well together and had a lot of, uh, um, you know, I think it's early to tell on, on Sark's play calling, but you know, from a philo- philosophical standpoint and what he thinks about ball and uh, situational discussions that we've had up until this point, I think we're very much on the same page, and he's very much on the same page with Dan Quinn. Uh, so I think he'll be a really good fit for for our offense and, and for the guys that we have in this building. You know, we had uh, Aaron Rodgers on the show a few weeks back, and we asked him, uh, of course, he led the NFL in passing efficiency last year, the 170.1 rating. We asked him, how do you compute passer efficiency rate? Do you have any idea how it's how it's done? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> hey, put that BC degree to to, to, to work, would you? <laughs> pretty good, you know. <laughs> he, he said touchdowns. He knew were important. Interceptions, not so. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's it, right? Like I think it's touchdowns, yards, and, and right. interceptions at opportune times, whatever that means. So. Uh, <laughs> I'll yeah, let the I, guys figure that out. I think Goose asked him, what's the most meaningful thing to you? And he said, touchdowns and wins, that's all. Yeah. That's it, wins at the end of the day, right? you got to score points to win. Uh, you know, if you, can, if you can put up touchdowns and limit the turnovers, that's usually a good recipe for it. You know, a couple summers back, I went around asking all the quarterbacks around the league and GMs and all, all the different football people, what's the most important trait in a quarterback? And Brett Favre, of course, said arm. What do you think? Is it accuracy? Is it mental toughness? Is it leadership? Is it feet? What's the most important trait in a quarterback? Well, you know, I, I think you have to have a prerequisite level of talent. You know, all, all the guys do. Uh, from a throwing standpoint, I think accuracy is number one. You've got to be able to put the right ball, the, the ball in the right place at the right time um, and, and give your guys opportunities. So to me, that's, that's number one. But, you know, I think from, a, from an emotional or a, a mental standpoint, I think mental toughness. Uh, is critical. You have to be able to stand in there, compete down after down, even after you make some poor plays, uh, to to maintain that aggressiveness and and not worry about what happened before. And um, you know, I think those two things, if you had to boil it down to just two, I think those are the most important. You know, Matt, I, I said earlier that we had Ron Rivera on here, and and we did, and and in the course of our conversation, he was telling us he said, I think the NFC South may have the best lineup of starting quarterbacks in any division. 
Do you agree with that? I realize you're in a tough position to make that uh, statement, but uh, do you agree with that? And, and how does that affect the competition in that division? I'm talking about both within the teams and maybe, just maybe, the quarterbacks who are leading them. Well, you know, I, I think, you know, when you look at the other three guys, I can speak for them, you know, you talk about Drew Brees, Cam Newton, and Jameis Winston. Uh, I mean, those are three premier guys in this league. And, and when you're playing against great quarterbacks like that, you know regardless of who's injured, who's in, who's out, however, you know, their team is playing, they always give their team a chance. And, and they're always going to be a tough out. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's the best. It, it's got to be right up there with anybody. You know, I haven't sat and thought about what divisions have the best QBs, but I know that, I know that ours is is uh, is pretty good because you know we see we see those guys six times a year and they're tough uh, to go against every time we play them. Well, plus you've had the two league MVPs the past two years in your division. Yeah, yeah, and then a rookie of the year in Greenwich and, and uh, no slouch in Drew, who's been a an MVP as well. So uh, we got pretty good players down there. After your nine seasons, you ranked 21st all time in passing yards and 25th in touchdowns. Just sort of wondering. Do numbers like that mean anything to you? And, and does the history behind the quarterbacks you've passed ever strike you? I mean, you're a student of history. Does that, is that meaningful to you? Do you pay any attention to that as you're rising up the ladder? I don't think so as you're rising. I mean, I'm very respectful of, of everyone uh, and certainly a student of it. But I think as you're in it, you don't think about it that much. I think at the end of my career, you know, certainly it'll be nice to, to look back and to kind of see where you sit. Um, you know, but as you're in the mix of it, you're just trying to win games and you're trying to, you know, find a way to play well that week. And so, you know, you don't, you don't get overly concerned with it, you know, but I still kind of, you know, you know, pinch myself every once in a while to, to realize that I've been able to play for this long and, you know, hopefully I can keep it going for, you know, for the next nine years and, and uh, keep being successful. Last thing here, uh, one other question, but it, the pressure we talked about, you know, being the NFC reigning uh, champion, you're also the reigning NFL MVP. Is that additional pressure on your shoulders? Do you, are you considered or consider that or, or, or worried about that or, or concerned about it as you go into the season? We saw what happened to Cam Newton last year. I understand there were mitigating circumstances, but there's a lot of pressure sure. on those guys because you're in the forefront. I mean, now people are saying, Matt Ryan, franchise quarterback, one of the, you know, Hall of Famer. Uh, is that in your mind at all? You know, for, for me, it's, it's, it's just about trying to play well week in and week out. You know, I, I feel like, uh, is it any other pressure? No. You know, to me, I'm trying to play my best every week. And, and I think that's all the pressure that you need to put on yourself. So, you know, I, I think I've learned throughout my career uh, that if you're worried about all those other things, uh, accolades or noise outside the building or, or anything that's, you know, not, not important to winning that week, uh, you, you're wasting your time a little bit. So uh, I won't put any more pressure on myself. I'll just try and do the best that I can you know, deliver winning performances for our team week in and week out. Hey, Matt, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck with the season, and, and thanks for joining us. You got it. Thank you, guys. That was Atlanta quarterback Matt Ryan. So, Goose, what do you think? Has he overcome that Super Bowl loss? Well, Cam Newton was the MVP in 2015, and he couldn't overcome that devastating loss. It's going to be tough, but I think it's going to be more on the team than on Ryan himself. I think he'll have a good year. I guess that's why they play the game. Anyway, coming up next, it's our two-minute drill. This is the Talk of Fame Network.
Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Speaking of winners, Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And you should have gone 15 minutes ago. Yeah, I know that sound. It means we're almost at the end of our first half. So, Derek, get the clock started. We're going to the two-minute drill brought to you by Burger King Breakfast. Who draws the biggest crown next week? The Hall of Fame game, the induction itself, or Jerry Jones's pre-enshrinement party? My money is on the Jones shindig. Well, I know where three guys will be. Jerry's party, Hall of Fame game, eh. What chances there that Jimmy Johnson, Jason Taylor's presenter, is at that party? I'd say that there's a 100% chance Jimmy stops by the two parties are on different nights. I'd say there's a 1% chance if he's working valet parking. <laughs> Morton Anderson, Charlotte Jones Anderson, or OJ Anderson? A Spartan, a Razorback, or a Hurricane? In August, give me the Spartan. The Razorback, any other time. Pamela Anderson, need we take it any further? <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds on Dick Vermeil tearing up at Kurt Warner's induction? He's been crying since the Hall of Fame announcement of Warner in February. All we need to know is this speech is being sponsored by Visine. <laughs> Greatest charger ever, guys. LT, LaDainian Tomlinson, Lance Allworth, Dan Fouts, or Junior Seau? Lance Allworth, he's the only one with a ring. Al Davis said Bambi was the greatest receiver ever, so he's the greatest charger. Your nominees for the next two senior candidates. Jerry Kramer, Johnny Robinson. Duke Slater, Jerry Kramer. How soon do we see Ron in Tom Brady's TB12 Sports Therapy Center in Foxborough? The first time he pulls a shoulder muscle carrying Jack's hockey bag. <laughs> Actually, last week, carrying you dopes around has thrown my back out. <laughs> Why is Antonio Brown telling Le'Veon Bell to sign his tender? Because Brown wants a Super Bowl ring and he knows he'll need Bell to get one. He's trying to help him out. Guaranteed money, bro. What happens next to Ezekiel Elliott? Only NFL disciplinary czar Troy Vincent knows for sure. I would say something involving handcuffs cuffs, one way or another. Speaking of handcuffs, where does O.J. Simpson go first <laughs> when he's freed? The closest golf course. <laughs> a memorabilia store looking for his stuff. Any career advice for this guy? Stay out of the spotlight. Silence is golden. See how rich you can get. Hey, don't go anywhere because we have Caroline's Marty Herney, the Panthers acting GM, and Atlanta coach Dan Quinn coming up in the second hour. So don't touch that dial. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, this is Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. When I grow up, I want to make a pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. Six dollars. It's going to be the best pizza ever. Sorry, kid. It's been done. Introducing the new Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pizza, a large pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. But my mom said... Shh! This much cheese and pepperoni is what dreams are made of. Come get a large, hot and ready Extra Most Bestest Pizza for just six bucks, only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. 
Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Neanderings. Oh man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. I scored some big savings and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a full tank of freedom Drive the American road And with a full tank of freedom Find your own highway We'll take you wherever you go Marathon, fueling the American spirit Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. Think you can't manage the down payment it takes to purchase a new home? Think again. You could move into a $150,000 home with as little as $1,500 down with our 1% down payment option. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.19%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to quickenloans.com. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. You are listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Put this thing on, because it's getting ready to be on. With Ron Borges. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh. Rick Gosselin. No, 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 there's two O's in Goose Boy. And Clark Judge. Hold the wrong Hold the wrong On SB Nation Radio. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com, and you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Hey, guys, uh, I don't know if you're holding the rope or not, but uh, if you saw it, and maybe you didn't, but Hall of Fame voter Gary Myers of the New York Daily News and a frequent guest on this program all last weekend did a top 10 of questions entering this season. And number one, Ron, number one was this. Can anybody stop the Patriots from ring number six? I think it's a pretty good question. Let me ask you. You cover the team. Not can anyone, because anything's possible, but will anyone. Well, Clark, look, I mean, they've built themselves quite a good uh, team this year. That's pretty obvious to everybody. But the fact of the matter is there's only seven teams have repeated as Super Bowl champions, and only one did it twice, in which the Patriots are now trying to uh, match the Pittsburgh Steelers. So history says no. Since 37 times out of 51, it didn't happen. Uh, you know, might it? Yeah, sure, it might, because they have a very good team. But is it unlikely? Yeah, I think it's very unlikely, because it's too hard to win. Uh, and the roster you have on July 27th is very seldom the one you have on January 27th. So you need to be lucky. You need to have skill. You need to have will. And you need to have an absence of EMTs on the field uh, to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I've paid for the Patriots maybe a better team than a year ago. Yeah, I But I I, you know, will injuries catch up? Will age catch up with Tom Brady? You know, there are a lot of X factors every season. They're, they're certainly beatable. I know well, one thing about that X factor, Clark. Last year they fumbled – no surprise, after the uh, deflate They fumbled 27 times. They recovered 18 of them. You not get two or three of those, and your whole season changes. So there's so many little weird factors that can do it. It's yeah. unbelievable. If and butts were candy nuts. Wow, Ron. Unreal. Hey, um, well, Gary also we said We like to believes... deal with reality here. You know, not yeah, Reality is they're the Super Bowl some... champions. That's the reality. Reality is the last team that, that repeated, uh, the Patriots. Ron, one other question for you. Gary also said he believes Brady's under more pressure at 40, uh, which he turns next month than any time in his career because, as he put it, if Brady falters, Belichick's ready to, quote-unquote, transition to Jimmy Garoppolo. You believe that? Yeah. 
common sense tells you that, and the calendar tells you that, and the history of the league tells you that. It all points to Brady leaving and Garoppolo staying. And all you got to do is do what we do every week here, which talk about the history of the game. Favre, Manning, Namath, Montana, Unitas, Bradshaw, Bobby Lane, the list goes on and on. What makes him any different? This goose says to me, time's going to tell. And speaking of time, about time we heard whom you're pushing for the hall, Rick. And you'll tell us right after this. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. All right, this is Terrell Davis. You're listening to Rick, Ron, and Clark on the Talk of Fame Network. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. All right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. Rick Oslin. Yes, sir. You know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means means I should have called before we started the show. Smart man. It does. Listen to the Goose Man. It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. If you've listened to the show or if you follow us on our website, which is TalkOfFameNetwork.com, you know that we're in the business of pushing once familiar names to an unfamiliar place. Well, at least it is to them. That's a Hall of Fame. Uh, each week, one of us pushes someone who's not in the Hall into a Hall of Fame discussion. And this week, that someone is our Dr. Data, Rick Gosselin, you just heard from. He's pushing an offensive lineman that uh, I used to cover in Baltimore uh, years ago. And he's pushing him in our State Your Case segment, which is brought to you by Progressive. Customers who switch to Progressive can save nearly $600. Call or click on Progressive.com today to find out if you can save hundreds on your car insurance. Goose? Or is yours? Let's hear it. George Coons stood shoulder to shoulder with the great offensive tackles of his era. Bob Brown, Dan Deardorff, Art Schell, Rayfield Wright, and Ron Yeary. But Coons stands behind them in their post-football careers. Well behind them, in fact. Brown, Deardorff, Schell, Wright, and Yeary have all been enshrined in the Hall of Fame for their blocking prowess. But Coons has never even been discussed as a finalist. His candidacy has inexplicably fallen through the cracks. And he now finds himself in the abyss that is the senior pool. Coons was their equal as a player. He went to eight Pro Bowls. That's as many as Shell and more than Brown, Deardorff, Wright, or Yeary. Until suffering a back injury in his 10th season, Coons was arguably the best right tackle in the game. How good was he? Certainly as talented as many, if not most, of the 29 offensive tackles already enshrined in Canton. He was an All-America at Notre Dame. He was the second overall choice of the 1969 NFL Draft. Only four tackles in history were selected higher. He became a walk-in starter for the Falcons and was voted to the Pro Bowl as a rookie. He was that good. The knee injury cost him five games in 1970 and also his spot in the Pro Bowl. Healthy again in 1971, Coons returned to the Pro Bowl, the first of seven consecutive Pro Bowls before suffering that back injury in 1978. And Coons was voted to the Pro Bowl in both conferences. The Falcons traded him to the Colts for the first overall choice in 1975 and the right to select quarterback Steve Bartkowski. So Coons went to the Pro Bowl as an NFC tackle in 1974 and as an AFC tackle in 1975. Not only was Coons an All-America on the field at Notre Dame, he was an academic All-America as well off it. Later in life, he returned to school, earned a law degree from the University of Las Vegas, Nevada, Las Vegas, and is now a practicing attorney in Las Vegas. 
but that shouldn't close the book on his football career. There's one more honor George Coons deserves from his playing days, a bust in Canton. Well, Gooseman, you make a typically strong case for your uh, candidate, but realistically speaking, how long are the odds on an offensive lineman who hasn't played in 37 years and whose team uh, really didn't win much ever getting into the Hall of Fame at this juncture? Well, again, here's a guy. There are very few guys that have gone eight Pro Bowls or more that have never been discussed. He's one of them. But that's the job of, of the senior committee, as you know. You know, we're, it's, we're, we're empowered to find these guys, bring them to the table, bring them into the discussion. And I think George Kuhn certainly d deserves to have his career discussed and debated with, with the players of his era and the players of all time. Goose, to follow up on uh, Ron's question, how much do you think he's penalized by not having won a championship? No question. You know, we talked about this many times in this show, 60, I think 69% of all players in Canton wear rings. He didn't win a ring. He was an offensive lineman. He didn't have stats. That, that's really a, that's a long road to walk when you don't have stats and you didn't win championships. Thanks for that, Doc. Funny, but uh, you know one guy we haven't pushed? That's former Arizona and Tampa Bay pass rusher, Simeon Rice. Yeah, Simeon Rice, so it seems everyone else is. I mean, Warren Sapp once made a pitch for him. When, of course, people listened to Warren Sapp. <laughs> it was a long time ago. But now it's Derek Brooks, and we had Simeon on the radio a year ago, if you guys remember. I think it was in March. And he said, I know I was a Hall of Fame player. So, Goosh, you made the pitch here for George Coons. So I'll ask you about Simeon Rice. Why doesn't the Board of Selectors know he was a Hall of Fame player? I mean, he's never been a finalist. Well, neither is Leslie O'Neill, who has more career sacks than Rice. He's been eligible for 13 years now and has never even been a semifinalist, much less a finalist. Mm -hmm. Claude Humphrey had more sacks than Rice. He waited 28 years for his bust at Canton. You know, enshrinement can be a slow process, but if you belong in, I do believe you will get in. It may take some time, but you'll get in. Well, I think it's a damn good question, uh, for which I have no damn good answers, as is usually, <laughs> usually the case, you know. Uh, <laughs> look, you talk to people that, that coached against him and played against him uh, at the time he was at his peak. Uh, they all tell you what, a, you know, that he was one of the great rushers they ever saw. Having said that, as Goose points out, you got a guy like Leslie O'Neill who has more sacks and, and was a tremendous rusher himself and came back from some, some terrible injuries and all that. And he can't get anywhere near it. So sometimes you do scratch your head and say, how oh, did this guy get in or, or this guy get in even in a hurry? And this guy who's almost identical uh, disappears from view. So I think it's tough. I would say this, if I was giving him some advice, I would not have Warren Sapp making the case for me. <laughs> in fact, Derek Brooks, yes, Warren Sapp, no. Yeah. Well, I mentioned we have Tampa making that push for um, Simeon Rice. We, we have Minnesota, the Vikings, making a push this year. For Jim Marshall's a senior candidate, and understandably so. The Super Bowl is in Minneapolis. And, and I realize he's a senior candidate. I understand that. And, and Simeon Rice is a modern-era candidate. But, guys, they're, they're not in the same category. I understand that. But if they were, Goose, if they were, whom would you put in first, Marshall or Rice? Marshall has more sacks. He played more Super Bowls. Retired from the NFL with a record 29 career fumble recoveries. He's been a finalist once in his 33 years of eligibility. I think he deserves another look. Ron? Well, I think there's uh, been a number of reasons why uh, Marshall didn't get in. He was directionally challenged, as you guys know, ran the wrong, <laughs> ran the wrong direction. And Simeon Rice was always running the right direction. So, I, I look, I like to see him get in. I think one of the things that really hurts him is the way Art Shell erased him in the Super Bowl in 1976. No tackles, no assists, not even in the picture uh, in most replays of the game. And I think that's a game that hung over him unfairly. Uh, but it did because there was a huge size difference in that game. But I think he could never shake that performance. Okay, one last one here. Ron, does Simeon Rice ever make it? Ever make it? 
to repeat myself, a damn good question. <laughs> you know, I kind of doubt it, uh, unless there's a real sort of groundswell uh, that could change things, which sometimes happens. You guys have seen it before. Somehow I just don't feel it, though. You usually can feel it with a player uh, at some point in time, and I don't quite feel it. You know, the line is long, and it's growing longer for pass rushers with Jared Allen, DeMarcus Ware, Julius Peppers, John Abraham, Dwight Frady, and Robert Mathis soon to move into the queue. Rice still faces a long road to Canton. This is Aaron Rodgers, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Aha! Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, he made it on our list this week. That was a B on our, our website, talkoffamenetwork.com. Of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time, actually, the top 11, since Aaron Rodgers tied with Dan Marino at the number 10 spot. And I'll be honest with you guys, that, that surprised me, but so did Dan Marino making it, and Bart Starr not. Uh, any surprises for either of you on that list, Goose? Yeah, I had Starr in my ballot of 10. You know, we put Otto Graham in near the top for winning. He went to 10 title games and won seven. But we don't reward Starr, who went to six title games and won five. You judge quarterbacks by their rings, and Starr had an entire fist full of jewelry. Goose, I think Starr was 9-1 and one in the playoffs, too, wasn't he? Yeah, 9-1, he and Lombardi. Ron, surprises? You know, maybe I was a little surprised that there were quite so many present-day players, although it was somewhat justifiable and not a total surprise but because their numbers were off the charts, but I think the charts are no longer applicable to the situation. I wasn't actually surprised about uh, Bart Starr uh, because I always sort of felt with him that, unlike Otto Graham, Otto Graham made a ton of plays. Bart Starr made a lot less plays than Otto Graham. He was a very good manager of, of, of the game. Uh, but to me, he was a slightly better Bob Greasy, and I'm not much of a Bob Greasy fan. Okay, well, I should also tell our readers that our list, it was made in recognition of quarterback Kurt Warner going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year. It was compiled by the three of us, an NFL historian John Turney, a Pro Football Journal, and it started with J.U. Johnny United at number one, Brady second, Montana third, and Otto Graham fourth. Goose, you okay with that? I hit United and Graham one, two, then flipped a coin between Brady and Montana. I gave the nod to Brady at three because his body has held up longer than Montana's, which allowed him to play more games, gave him opportunity to win more championships, which he has done. But I would have no reservation putting Montana three and Brady four. Montana never lost the Super Bowl, never threw an interception before he played. It's hard to knock perfection. Ron? Yeah. You know, the guy that I, you guys know that I talked about was Fran Tarkton. And I, and I think, you know, when he retired, he had every passing record there was. Uh, and went to three Super Bowls. And 37 years later, he still got a, uh, in the top 10 in a number of the 39 years later. So okay. I think he can make a very strong case for Fran Tarkton. Okay. Well, Marty Herney's not a Hall of Fame list, but maybe he should be for some of the draft picks he made in Carolina. He's coming up next, right after this. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Another reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. Ooh, all right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors mm-hmm. <laughs> and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Marty Herney is about to embark on one of the most 
unexpected resurrection since, well, maybe Lazarus. Nearly five years after he was unexpectedly fired as GM of the Carolina Panthers, he's back as interim general manager of the Carolina Panthers. And after spending a time as a radio talk show host and station operator in Charlotte. Wow, now that's going to need some explaining. Marty, what a long, strange trip it's been. Welcome back. <laughs> it sure is. Welcome to the National Football League, Clark. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, nice it's, to have you. Know, we started training camp and I came back to offer today, and it, it's a different feeling now. You feel a little weird at, at, at first. And then I walk, and there's Julius Peppers in the locker room. And he's back, <laughs> and it's like the more things change the more they stay the same so but i'm excited i'm really excited. you haven't run into john fox yet have you <laughs> no no <laughs> really so so marty you're sitting in your office uh smoking a cigar listening to talk of fame network and the phone rings <laughs> and you're summoned to a meeting with a guy who fired you you know four and a half years or so ago uh did you sense that you would soon be back in the game as, as general manager did you did you know before you got there what was coming up I didn't, Ron. I mean, I, I you know, it, it, uh, I had heard about the news about Dave on Monday morning, and then I got a call from Tina uh, Becker from the Panthers Monday afternoon. Um, and went to meet with Mr. Richardson on Tuesday, and I had an idea, but I didn't, you know, you, you just thought maybe it was just getting my thoughts. I mean, listen, when, when we part ways, I, I, I understood totally, and I never lost my, my, feelings and in, in, uh, my attachment to the organization from Jerry Richardson all the way through to Ron Rivera and everybody else. So um, I, I had a little bit of a feeling I'd be lying if I didn't say I, I, I didn't, um, but it's still sort of surreal. I mean, I've been here for a week and it's, these things don't happen in this lake, but I do know this franchise well. I know a lot of people here from, from ownership all the way down through the locker room um, and just working with Ron Rivera again. I mean, Ron and I, we just we have great respect for each other, and, and we know that we have a common goal, and Dave Gellman did a fantastic job. But these things happen in this league. You know that, and, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm really I, – I, my juices are flowing. Marty, during the, the interim here, you started and established yourself with a, another radio career. So why come back for a job that may last only a year? I think I think it's a couple things, Rick. But really, this business—and I can't explain—you walk through that door for the first time, and you're just re-energized. And I think that I always thought the last several years, listen, when I come back, I, if I ever got back, I would be a, a better general manager now than I was because I have a lot of, of perspective from from being out and you step away for four years. You look at the mistakes that you made, and and you you think about what you should have done differently. But I'll tell you the most important thing, Rick, you also realize some of the, the, the good decisions you, you made. And when you go through a long career, and I had a great run as general manager, um, and, and then you go through seasons and you're not winning, I think you start doubting yourself sometimes. So it, it's, it, I think that I do bring a perspective and look at the mistakes I made, but you also say, listen, there are a lot of good things you did, so just just correct some of those mistakes and and really approach it in a different manner. You know me, I used to get very uh, worked up and emotional, and I think that, that one of the things I have to do now is be more analytical and, and stay calm and realize that every day you just make the right decisions, but the best general managers in this league stay calm. They're analytical. Not at, Nobody bats a thousand. 
but you just have to make the, what you think are the right decisions at the time. We're speaking with Marty Herney, interim GM of the Carolina Panthers, and a longtime friend of all of ours on the Talk of Fame <laughs> Network. And you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And Marty, um, the, the term interim GM, what exactly does that mean, uh, interim? How long are you going to be in this position? And, and could it, I mean, could it eventually lead to you returning as the permanent GM? Mark, you know the way I look at it. Every job's interim, right? I mean, who knows? <laughs> Tell us about it. You bet. <laughs> You're talking to sports writers. You have, you have to win. But I, I'm at the point, listen, I came in here to, to help get through the season and help identify, uh, you know, candidates for the next general manager spot and, and even develop them if, if that occurs. But you don't know. I mean, it, it, it right now you just – you're so focused. I'm here at training camp for the first day, and you're just focused on all the facets to go with this job to try to to help in any way you can to try to win football games this year. And really, if you look past that, I, I don't. It doesn't do any good because this this isn't one of those businesses that you can look down the road like that. So I'm just taking it day to day and doing whatever I can to to help try to you know this football team to win football games. When Mr. Richardson proposed it to you. Did you have, was it instantaneous? I'm going to take it. Did you have some reservations? Did you have some doubts? Did you have, did you say, well, let me think about this. It's a huge lifestyle change. Did you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, he and I have always really understood each other and been on the same page. And, um, no, it, it really didn't. I mean, there is a party. There is a party that wants to come back and prove to yourself and nobody else just prove to yourself that, that you you have learned and you can do a better job. And as I said, I, I've always thought that in the past few years. So there's a challenge to this business that just it, it, it does drive you, but one thing I've learned, it can't consume you. You have to you have to be able to step back and make the big picture decisions. And sometimes that's that's not easy. I mean this, these decisions as you guys know, they're 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 not black and white. It's not there's there's a lot of gray area to this uh to this job into the decision-making process so um really didn't i mean i sat down with them and uh probably after you know 30 minutes to an hour i kind of we, we were on the same page and um i felt very good about it Marty, that said you were away for five years had you gotten to a point in life where you felt maybe football's passed me by and i'm i'm done with football oh yeah oh yeah i mean <laughs> that was that was sort of my assumption and and uh always followed it and, and especially you know this team um but i i did rick i i didn't i didn't think i was uh, i would ever be back in the league but um probably the only team that you know uh, that that really i had it that that was a fit and um because i really i never i never lost my emotional investment to this organization so um i like everybody else you know certainly i was surprised but when i heard that that uh, Dave wasn't going to be retained because he did a fantastic job. But um, when when I sat down and and talked to Mr. Richardson, I it just felt like the right fit. But yeah, I, I didn't think I would be back in the league. Marty, did you have to did you have to consult anyone for this before you, you made your decision? I mean, did, I know you were you were close to Bobby Beathard, whom you worked for for years, and, and certainly you were close with Ron Rivera, who you hired. But it, it, were there people you had to consult to convince yourself, or was it one of those things where you said, you know what, I, I got a second chance. This is what I've been waiting for. I, I knew Clark. I, I didn't consult. And I talked to Bobby, um, 
you know, uh, uh, frequently, and and you know how I feel about him. I mean, mm-hmm. I was, uh, and I always kid with him. I I never know whether I should thank him or be mad at him, but he's the reason I'm in this league. And um, uh, I I do talk to Bobby all the time, but this is something a decision that only I could make because you know what you're getting into, you know what the job demands, you know the energy you have you have to have. So I I sort of did a checklist on my own as far as, listen, I don't want to come back. I would never have said yes if I didn't think I had everything it took to come in here and do this job um, for for a year. So I, I did not consult anybody, but I did go through a checklist in my head. You arguably, uh, Marty, and we've talked about this before on the show, uh, built not one but two Super Bowl teams in Carolina. I believe it was 10 of the Panthers starters in the 2015 team that lost to the Patriots or guys that you uh, brought in, and obviously you built uh, the one that had lost to the Patriots a few years um, earlier. It's kind of one or two things. One is, was that moment when they went to that second Super Bowl, even though you were now outside the organization, an uh, angry moment, a proud moment, a disconnected moment? And you once told me that you had never watched the Super Bowl game, the first one that they lost to the Patriots that you couldn't right. do it. And, and, and once I don't right. remember, she said to me, I would rather have not gotten to the game than lose that game. Is, has right. that changed, that kind of thinking? Because it always seemed to me like, man, I'd rather no. be in the game than not be in it. No, that's the goal is to win it. I tell you, that's uh, – and, and I felt so bad. And, yes, I, I, was, I was very – you know, there, I, I was rooting for them all along, and I was very grateful because, you know, the in August of that year, I remember I was out – we were – when I was uh, doing – some of the shows and we were out doing a preseason game and I had like five or six guys yell across the street and they weren't saying hi how are you doing I mean it wasn't it wasn't the, the greatest comment in the world and then by December and January when they go to the Super Bowl everybody's saying oh you did a great job so I mean it helped me at least go to the grocery store and walk down the aisle but um they did a great job and and I was rooting for them I know so many people here and and you know I know and respect Dave Gettleman and um, I just I, I have an attachment to this organization that's never left. So I was rooting for them to win it, and I felt horrible when they didn't. It, it's you really that's your goal is to win the Super Bowl. There is such a distinct uh, difference between winning and losing that game. Marty, we got about uh, thirty seconds. What needs to be fixed on this team? I think there are areas just after weeks sitting down looking at the roster, but it, you know, and 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 you guys have have talked to me about it. This is all about protecting the passer and, and getting a pass rush. Those are the areas you look at. And obviously, you know, it's about the quarterback play. And I think that we have a franchise quarterback. So those are the keys. And you go through camp and try to, to fix, you know, try to make a, a very good roster, try to keep it as strong as you can. Marty Herney, thanks so much for the time and great to have you back. I mean it. Really good to have you back. Thanks, fellas. Great to be back. That was Marty Herney of the Carolina Panthers. When we return, we'll sit down with one of Marty's adversaries. That'd be Coach Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons. This is the Talk of Fame Network. This is Ron Rivera, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. This is Ron Nix, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. You are so lucky. It's Jim. I can't take your call right now. I'm digging for oil in my basement to help pay for my family's mobile bill. A little crazy, you say? (laughs) You try getting a data plan that has enough gigs for my family. And I thought braces were expensive. We definitely need a switch. 
Stuck in a dysfunctional family plan? Switch to Boost Best Family Plan right now and get four lines for just $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, switch today and get up to four free phones, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 9-10-17. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited data, talk, and text. Video streams optimized at up to 480p plus resolution. Music up to 500 kilobits per second and cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2 gigabyte promo plan as of 425-17. For additional details, visit their website. Free phones while supplies last. Requires port in and activation on $100 plan. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Welcome to GEICO's Motorcycle Neanderings. Oh man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to GEICO. Scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. GEICO Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat-screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a full tank of freedom Drive the American road And with a full tank of freedom Find your own highway We'll take you wherever you go Marathon, fueling the American spirit When I grow up, I want to make a pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. Six dollars. It's going to be the best pizza ever. Sorry, kid. It's been done. Introducing the new Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pizza, a large pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. But my mom said... This much cheese and pepperoni is what dreams are made of. Come get a large, hot and ready, extra most bestest pizza for just six bucks, only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. And you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, Dan Quinn has become a familiar face at Super Bowls lately. Not only did the Atlanta head coach take last year's Falcons to their first Super Bowl appearance in 18 years, he was the Seattle Seahawks defensive coordinator on their 2013 and 14 Super Bowl teams, too. Now, I'm no math major, but I do know that's three Super Bowls in four years, and that's rare these days. So because getting to the Super Bowl in February seems to be a habit, Dan, this year, we'll try to make the Falcons the first team since the 1993 Buffalo Bills to lose a Super Bowl game one season and return to it the following year. Yeah, I know it's a big job, but he's ready to embrace it. You know what? He's here to talk about it. Hey, Dan, thanks for joining us. Well, I'm uh, honestly uh, honored to be on with you guys today, and uh, always good to, to talk some ball. And, uh, you know, our team's back and, and kind of going at it. So 
you know, we're anxious to each team's a little different and each year's different, so we're pumped to see what this group looks like. Dan, we were recently talking with uh, Panthers head coach Ron Rivera about this so-called, you know, Super Bowl curse, uh, which his team technically appeared to experience in, in 2016. And, and he said to us, maybe surprisingly, that, quote, there's something to it. I wonder what your take on it is and how do you intend to inoculate your team uh, from it? Well, we, we recognize that uh, guys in your spot uh, want to talk about it, but honestly where our mindset goes is uh, we always talk about our division. And uh, we got a hell of a division uh, with Carolina, New Orleans, and Tampa, and uh, we don't really put our focus past that. Uh, we know in the 13 you know, opponents that we play, uh, the division comes first. And uh, so that's where you know, we talk about it. Probably the thing we talked to our team, you know, when we started the offseason, uh, we're at base camp, you know, with about, you know, 15, 18, 20 other teams, and how much better can we get? What are the things we want to improve upon? That's where our focus lies, and that's really having a growth mindset for going after it, and that's, that's where we live. Yeah, we all know what happened against the Patriots, but actually we, we don't. So how thoroughly have you analyzed the second half of that game, and what conclusions have you reached that may help you going forward? Well, number one, we've analyzed it a lot. Uh, we went through the whole season, um, you know, all of our cut-ups. We've gone from things we did well, things we wanted to improve on. We made point-of-attack tapes for every player on the roster, you know, things that we're doing well, and then gave everybody really an area of emphasis, you know, in their own individual game about going for it. And then also we had our offense scout our defense and our defense scout our offense, and that was a good way too. To, you know, find different ways of how we would attack the opponent. And then specifically, you know, for the, the playoffs and the Super Bowl, you know, we learned a lot. And, uh, you know, how do you be adjustable on the, on the different, you know, things offensively that happen in the game, defensively that happen in the game. So um, when you have that kind of adversity, uh, you want to learn from it. And uh, that's how you do get stronger. So uh, for us, the topics range from, uh, finish. They range from game management and clock management. They range into you know different plays and uh, concepts that we could have used uh, to try and attack better. So it was a pretty broad range of stuff that we wanted to improve upon. Some by player, some by scheme, and then for the coaching staff, you know how could we do it better, um, you know from a game management standpoint. Dan, because it's the off season, I've got one last question for you on that game before we move on. Uh, I, I've heard that on the critical sack of Matt Ryan that Julio Jones was hoping he could have run to Nebraska if the ball got to him. A, is that true? And B, if so, how difficult is it for you to accept as a coach when the call was the right one, but it just simply doesn't work out? You know, it happens more than you think, and uh, you try to put the guys in the best spot. And uh, when your shot is there, to, you know, to be made, you got to answer and you got to deliver, uh, especially against a championship team. Uh, as New England is. So uh, when those times come, uh, you don't get a lot of them. But when they do come, you got to answer and you got to deliver. So uh, what I can tell you is, man, do I have a lot of belief in our team. And I feel like it's all out there for us uh, to see how good we can get. We've got a lot of guys that are up and coming and are kind of starting to gain some experience and some momentum into this off season, And we're excited about to see where they can go. Now, when you were in Seattle, you ran one of the best defenses really in NFL history there in 2013. That You were the first since the 85 Bears to lead the NFL in fewest points allowed, fewest yards allowed, and most takeaways. What in your mind made that particular defense special, especially in light of the fact that the rules had changed so much? Well, I guess it was probably just, um, you know, collectively, you know, the attitude uh, that guys wanted to play with. And, you know, that would have been at safety, at linebacker, and at D-line, you know, kind of the – 
the competition. I'm going to do my job so I can help you do yours. Uh, you'll do mine so I can, uh, I mean, you'll do yours so I can do mine at the highest level. So it was, I think, having real dog competitors on all three levels of the defense that allowed them to play so well. And then past that, I would say the next thing is a real commitment to the ball. Uh, this was a team that really went after it in terms of uh, trying to force turnovers and create takeaways to give back to the offense. So I think uh, the relentless competitors on all three kind of levels of the defense, and then you combine that with the ball hawking attitude, um, and that's when kind of the, the magic of playing good defense comes alive. I thought you were going to tell us it was great coaching. <laughs> <laughs> no, hardly. The best, uh, I've been really fortunate over the last uh, you know, few years to be around some excellent players. So uh, you were talking earlier about uh, having the opportunity to be in some Super Bowls. It was uh, 100% about being at the right time, at the right place with some really good players, uh, both in Seattle and here in Atlanta. And what parts of that Seattle defense and its philosophy did you bring to Atlanta, and how much had to change because of the different personnel you had there? I think uh, today we're a closer vision of uh, how we want to play defense here um, at the Falcons. And uh, we want to play really aggressive. We want to be up in your face and have corners you can stay on the line and safeties that can play man-to-man and the tackling that we want to demonstrate, the physicality we want to play with, the pass rushers uh, to affect the quarterback. We're getting a lot closer to the vision of what that could look like. You know, we've added speed you know, at different you know, levels of the defense over the last few years. Uh, we've done it at pass rusher this year in the draft with McKinley and two years ago with Beasley. We've added some linebackers over the last couple years uh, with Deion Jones and uh, Devondre Campbell, and now this, this draft with Duke Riley. And then at safety, um, certainly with Keanu Neal, we've got Ricardo Allen who, who can you know, run as well. So that part, well, we're pleased with the speed you know, that we've added to the group. We love the competitive attitude that they want to play with. And then you can see this group really forming a brotherhood that's going to be uh, really strong and connected. So uh, all those things are, are coming to life just as we hoped they would. Um, we wanted like crazy to happen, you know, for that to happen overnight, and it didn't. So it, it's taken, you know, a year and a half to, to get that thing rolling um, and up to speed like we like. We're speaking with Atlanta coach Dan Quinn on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And, Dan, uh, we had Carolina tight end Greg Olson on with us uh, in early May, and he said he feels the NFC South may have the best assembly of four starting quarterbacks in the league. You agree with that? I certainly do, and, uh, you know, Greg is somebody that, uh, man, do we have a lot of respect for competing with him, you know, competing with against him through the years. He has the, uh, you know, the tight end ability, but like the catching radius of a tight end, but like the, you know, you can split him out like a receiver and he can be just as effective. But I'd have to agree that when you go through our division, you know, and Matt and Drew and Cam and Jameis, every week it's a battle in this division. And that's why I sense that uh, if you come out of the NFC South, and uh, it's going to be a battle for the team that does do it. But if you do, you're going to have beaten some good teams along the way. And uh, you know, like I said, uh, I think Greg was right that uh, you know we'd have to stack our division up against anybody, you know, all four for that, you know, for that quarterback spot. You know, one of the things I, I, that frustrates me, and I'm sure more so coaches like yourself, is all the rule changes that seem to favor offense. Uh, and they've made defense so much more difficult today than say it even was in '85 with the Bears, and certainly. Uh, back in the day when I had the leather helmet that you folded up and stuck in your pocket, you know. And I'm just wondering, to play the sort of top-notch, kind of really aggressive defensive football that you like, how do you achieve that in the present sort of environment where not only practices are limited and the rules are also so 
sort of limiting on the defense? Yeah, I think uh, two things. One, uh, if you can create a defense that has a ball-hawking mentality, that you can create some turnovers, force fumbles, uh, create the, you know, affect the quarterback enough to create the interceptions, and then have the speed to make plays. Those are the things, I think, uh, when you watch defensive play uh, in the NFL right now, man, you're going to see some guys that can truly haul ass and fly. You see that in our own division. And uh, to me, that's you know where we're going to try to make up some of this ground against some terrific players and the size of guys at wide receiver. You better create some turnovers to give the ball back to the offense. And then you better have speed to match up with some of the receivers, the running backs, and the tight ends that are coming out now. So team speed on defense, in my opinion, uh, better be at the forefront of your conversations because there's wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends to match with. And if everybody else isn't rolling, uh, it's going to be a long day. And speaking of receivers, you coach perhaps the most explosive receiver in football in Julio Jones. How would you defend him if he had to do it? And what do his unusual skills bring to an offense like the one you're running today? You know, it's, uh, it's a good question and one I've answered before. Coaching against him before I got here, I'm glad I don't know now what I didn't know then because <laughs> uh, he is a handful. It's, um, here's what makes him unique. He has the speed, you know, to play outside, but he's got the change of direction and the ability to run full speed and then make full speed cuts. And that's what's so hard when you can run option routes as a big guy and break guys off. So you better have some ways to, you know, play over the top of him because he can go. But he also has the ability to stop. And uh, that's where the underneath stuff for him, he can make the catch and then turn it into a long run. So I love the physical style that he plays with. Uh, you know, he's over 220 pounds. He's a relentless competitor and uh, kind of always looking for a way to, you know, find an edge and, and do it better. So he's a handful. And uh, as far as other teams doing it, yeah, I'm glad he's on our squad. I can tell you that. <laughs> hey, Dan, uh, I, I switching conversations here just a little bit of the topic. Uh, on a personal note, you were a record-setting hammer thrower at Salisbury State, correct? Yeah, that was quite some time ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's correct, right? <laughs> at the time, I believe that was correct. And honestly, okay. Um, Track and field, to me, uh, I had a blast. I did it both in high school and in college. You know, in football, you know, in the fall, it was the team and how you did. And then in track and field, it was just you and, and the guys you were competing against. So right. um, I enjoyed that part, too, just knowing, hey, it's all up to you. Are you going to make it or not? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Around the 440, the 600, and the 880, but long ago, so long ago that they had them in yards, <laughs> not meters. But um, my question on that was, and this is a little bit offbeat, but – any That's similarities right. between throwing down the hammer and bringing down the hammer as a defensive coach or throwing the hammer and bringing down the hammer as a defensive coach? It is uh, definitely different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, um, you learned about uh, being a thrower. It's uh, how technical and you can get. So having technique is where uh, you really try to you know, find a way to improve. Right. And in football, so many you know, different skill sets that you're trying to do and hammer it was so specific each time, this rotation, this torque of your body, to where you could generate more power. So it was always competing against yourself uh, to see how good you could get. And in football, you do that to a certain extent to see where your training can take you and how you can get. But it's also all the 11 guys and working alongside everybody. So it was honestly the ideal balance for me um, as an athlete to have part that was uh, I was going to be the one to determine it. And then the part I enjoyed most uh, was being part of a team and knowing that you were you know, a part of uh, doing things well. Do you miss throwing the hammer? 
You know what? I do miss throwing the hammer. You know, I'm old enough now that I could probably compete in the Masters division, so uh, maybe that's up next. <laughs> hey, Dan, thanks so much for the time, and uh, best of luck with the season and breaking that Super Bowl curse. Well, it's uh, honestly uh, awesome to be on with you guys today, and uh, much continued success to you guys, too. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. All right, see you guys. That was Atlanta coach Dan Quinn. And, Ron, you've been down this road with the Patriots before. I mean, I know it's not easy to pull yourself together after Super Bowl loss, but, wow, especially after what Atlanta went through in Super Bowl 51. How do you do that? Well, I think they have to uh, not act like it didn't happen or give one of these, you know, we are moving on speeches like coaches love to give. And this one you've got to at least confront it, I think. And I would do it early in training camp, and then you can move on. I'd have them all sit down and watch the game again. Let's watch this game again and see why we should have won the Super Bowl and make it a positive out of a negative. Okay, well, best of luck to Dan, Matt, Ryan, and the Falcons. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. All right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how... If you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Oh, that was quick. There's that sound again. Derek, we've got to get into our two-minute offense, brought to you by Burger King Breakfast. So, Derek, get the clock rolling. Richard Sherman insists all is well with Russell Wilson. All is well. Why should we believe him? Check back with me after Seattle's first loss. Because he's a Stanford guy, and Stanford guys never lie. (laughs) How concerned should the Colts be with Andrew Luck, another Stanford guy? They have 140 million reasons to be concerned. He's paid to play and still gets paid when he doesn't play. I'll give you one other reason, Goose Man. I'd say a quarterback coming off shoulder surgery who isn't ready when camp opens and plays behind that line is going to cause agita to a lot of coaches. <laughs> cause what? <laughs> agita, you know. Uh. Yeah, okay. Bruce Arians, it says Carson Palmer's arm is stronger than ever. How is that possible? 37. Let's ask 39-year-old Tom Brady. Hey, let's go to Bruce Arians' new book, The Quarterback Whisperer. He knows all things. What are we going to learn about the Bucks through Hard Knocks? That Ira Kaufman is really the man behind the curtain pulling all the strings. <laughs> <laughs> we will learn that Jameis Winston is a wonderful young man. Uh, tell me something we don't know about the new Chiefs GM, Brett Veach. KC offensive coordinator Matt Nagy was Veach's college teammate at Delaware. How about this? He was the high school player of the year in Pennsylvania in 1996 at running back. Not know that. Who should be the Panthers' next GM? Marty Herney. Never should have got fired in the first place. Ditto or Marty Herney. <laughs> well, why won't they consider Dr. Data? Because Dr. Data has a better gig with the Talk of Fame Network. Wow. Because moving fees from Dallas are more than they want to pay. <laughs> the Pro Bowl may stay in Orlando. You like it or do you loathe it? Apathetic to it. I don't watch the game whether it's in Hawaii, Orlando, or my backyard. Well, I loathe Orlando, so I like the idea that the game that I loathe is in a town that I loathe. (laughs) When do the Cowboys hold misbehaving players accountable? After they win their next Super Bowl, whenever that is. You got it wrong. They are accountable. They just don't get disciplined. Better matchup. Cowboys, Cards, and Ken. Goodell versus Patriots Nation in Foxborough or Mayweather, McGregor in Vegas. 
Cowboys Cardinals might be the only matchup that lasts longer than 60 seconds. Boys, anything going on in Vegas is better than anything going on in Cannes or Foxborough. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me, boys. We want to thank Dan Quinn, Matt Ryan, and Marty Herney for joining us, Derek Burns for producing us, and you for listening to us. If you'd like to hear this or any podcast, who wouldn't? Just go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, or find us on iTunes. Otherwise, tune into the station at this time next week. We'll be here, and we hope you will be too. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um... Well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. Think you can't manage the down payment it takes to purchase a new home? Think again. You could move into a $150,000 home with as little as $1,500 down with our 1% down payment option. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.19%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to quickenloans.com. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. When I grow up, I want to make a pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. Six dollars. It's going to be the best pizza ever. Sorry, kid. It's been done. Introducing the new Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pizza, a large pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. But my mom says... This much cheese and pepperoni is what dreams are made of. Come get a large, hot and ready, extra most bestest pizza for just six bucks, only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a fourth angle of freedom Drive the American road And with a fourth angle of freedom Find your own highway We'll take you wherever you go Marathon, fueling the American spirit